G'day, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Leadership. Thank you for joining me again. And as always, we are adding to the content around this thing called leadership. So I appreciate your time. So by way of introduction, my guest today works for the Best Practice Network. He is a regional facilitator for Queensland and New South Wales. Can I welcome to the podcast, Kevin Bennett? How are you, Kevin? I'm very good, Eric, and uh, gr- grateful for allowing me to come and participate on this fantastic series. Thank you, sir. Look, I-, I have to say my thank yous as well for being invited to a Best Practice Network session myself and being able to present. And more than you know, I appreciate the feedback that I got back from that process because it's-, it's only going to help me being able to tell a coherent story and keep people interested in that story because there's a lot to share here. So, mate, the reason for reaching out, and this this won't be the typical questions I'll ask in the leadership podcast because I think you come to this discussion with a very different set of eyes on this thing called leadership and from the best practice network you're often talking to captains of industry leaders in industry and I want to get if I can a little bit more granular about what you're learning interacting with these people and then to talk about a particularly important issue from my perspective and for those that want to learn about leadership a discussion around leader capabilities and want to sort of tease out what your thoughts are around that. So to start with, Kevin, what is your definition of leadership? How do you define that, mate? That's a great question. And i um, been thinking about this, especially as we've gone through the last 12 to 18 months, uh, Eric, in terms of COVID and, and the challenges. The, the whole leadership for me is, is that ability to really be able to motivate and steer people within an organization to come along together on a journey and that journey may not always be as as smooth or as um, as clearly planned as as you want to be but the leadership is that real ability to be able to work with support people and just take them on a journey but ultimately be there for them I, I think that you know people sometimes want their freedom but there's times where they want someone to stand up and say look I've listened I totally understand but this is where we're going to go. So that ability to steer, listen, motivate, inspire, but every now and then you've got to make a, a decision and then the people follow you. One thing I'm learning with the podcasting process and de- definitely what I'm seeing through what you're doing with the network is you can tap into other people's definitions because we all come from different industry sectors. And I think the perspective on what leadership really means is not a uniform thing. And that that's what keeps this topic particularly interesting is that there are fundamentals around leadership, I guess, and elements of it. And then there are things that may be unique to different industry circumstances. So I'll, let me tease out your definition definition a little bit if I could. Your role is that a facilitator and you're often talking to leaders from different parts of industry. Do you see a nuance in how people view leadership based on your experiences with the network? I, I think definitely. And I, I, there's there's a lot that gone on I, I think, you know, over the last few months about traditional in the way we traditionally looked at leadership and, and the new leadership, whether you call it new or developed leadership that's now come out of the last few months in, in the ability as a, as a leader to take on board, to like you say, to be of service to others internally and externally. Uh, you know, I think generally you know, we've all been through some challenging times where, you know, I've got a business I'm leading, I've got a team I'm leading, but you also serve, for want of a better word, your customers, your suppliers, and your community. And, and that whole awareness and understanding and being able to work at that level in a strategic long-term, but well as a very short-term, you know, the classic that we're going through at the minute being 
I, you know, what, what was my ground zero yesterday is completely different this morning when I wake up and go and be able to go, how am I going to work through this? Yeah, and what is the impact, the wider impact of my decisions as well? Do you believe that as a result of what we're going through with COVID that we need leaders potentially in the future that are more prepared to deal with ambiguity and a changing market environment for them and COVID is one of those things but I guess it's brought to the fore in some dramatic ways that one day you're operating one way and another and another day you're going to have to operate completely differently do you think an event like COVID again from your own experience and what you've seen through the network do you think that people are starting to go back to fundamentals around what leadership means in this environment? I think so. And I, I think I'd even go before that part of around the, around the best practice network and what we were seeing across the leaders is this type of longer term thinking, medium and short term being totally integrated in, and encased in each other is that you can't, you couldn't sit down and say, I'm just going to think long strategic plan today and I'll do short term tomorrow. That's gone. That's completely gone. And businesses were already starting to think that way with global economies you know, with climate change, with all those type of things. I just think the last 18 months has just really condensed that transition and that learning and has really brought through some leaders who have just seemed to be already in that mode. I've I've just literally stepped up. You can see that when I go around of organisations who have gone through the same challenges of everybody. Others have just gone leaps and bounds. And it's not because necessarily they're doing anything different. I agree with you. They've gone back to the good old quality cost delivery, you know, do what you say you're going to do, you know, deliver the quality, deliver the service, deliver it to the cost and, and just deliver what your customer wants. But they've been able to steer the last 12, 18 months, almost, I wouldn't say effortlessly, but, you know, they, they've really been able to take this on and have that flexibility and agility coming at them constantly and just steered through it so i think it is the new way and it's a another leadership step that people have got to have as part of whether you call it a toolkit or their social skills or their skill set the ability to take that all in and then make the right decisions and being able to communicate and bring your teams along i think it's here to stay pace of change isn't going away so I know we're not living in a perfect world. So have you felt a degree of resistance to what this new global marketplace might look like? And, and why I ask this question is if, if you follow the news, if you follow the papers, although we're in uh, what some would characterize as catastrophic times, business is also doing what it's doing and it's adapting to its environment. And as much as I hate the damn term new normal, the way we do business has changed markedly. Two questions uh, for you, Kevin, and, and we'll work on one each at a time, obviously. The first one being, do you think the model of, of the work from home or being mobile in a job has taken leaders a bit by surprise how much that's been taken up? And then have we really thought out what the implications of that of a more mobile, decentralized workforce is going to look like? It's a great question. And we, we've been... Um discussing this one especially now i've been able to manage to get more and more about and go back into businesses and go what's it happening because i would have seen this business two and a half years ago everybody in the building everybody in the office everyone busy that's just the way everything was um and there's a whole challenge to leadership and management within that phase 
I let, let me pick up on better terms is 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 I I we use the term now maybe in the better normal is is I think there's a point that we're going to have these things thrown out. It may not be another pandemic, all right? But there may be something that's going to happen that will challenge us in a way that we may have thought about or may have never seen before. So our ability to to really to learn from this is the good organizations at the minute are learning from what's happened in the last 12 18 months and that takes me a bit to the the working from home and the remote and the implication i can remember talking the business way back when i was back in europe they were always talking about this remote working home working and it was always oh, it's not going to work it and never work technology isn't there well look what we're doing now you know technology is never going to work and the amount of business is that we're talking about it but never made the decision and i and i think this is one of the challenges we have with using technology now is in our gut we go do you know i think this might work but it's just too difficult it's too hard don't want to take the risk i've got shareholders business owners or i've got people that i i i don't want to jeopardize and you know we got forced into this you know it's just not the remote working all the way of working it's our whole businesses have been impacted by what was forced on us without that we couldn't take on board and did we understand the implications no do we still understand them i don't think so i think we're still learning as as we go along all i do know is that there's a lot of businesses who are embracing this but are still working through what's the right middle ground having a everybody working from home or isn't the model but maybe there's a hybrid that's sitting in there that says there is a better way of working when you're delivering a service for example i work in the advocacy space i don't need to have a fixed office anywhere i can work from home or any any office space anywhere in australia and i could still deliver for my members in queensland because i'm i'm doing podcasting i'm doing things on social media i don't need to be in a fixed office because it's a service and what i do is and people have asked me what what do you do as an advocate well you get paid to think and you get paid to produce things on paper and to interact with people on the phone or face to face and in a in a covid world that takes a slightly different form where i think this gets tricky is when you deliver either a service and or a good or just goods and then that is something else about delivering of those goods so I I'm I'm thinking that organizations like Australia Post are doing a massive new trade now because people just want to send stuff through the post get home and certain services are going to see a massive rise I I can't remember the program I saw this on but those businesses that do sales of music DVDs and vinyl stuff they're going through the roof because people are now spending so much more time at home that their downtime is becoming more important and I think uh, this balance between work and life has been thrown up a bit more in the face of leaders because if employees weren't thinking about this before they're definitely thinking about it now and i guess the question becomes and this is a two-parter in my head does my boss have a problem with me working from home if i can deliver if it's a service that we're talking about versus what is the extra benefit of me being physically in the same space when we're trying to avoid sharing covid if covid is the thing that is a, a potential issue here now i'm not and please for those listening i'm not advocating that we we abandon the cities and leave those small businesses to their fate because i don't think that's the answer either but there is still a a degree of angst about being in big groups or being in conf- find spaces and go to any major city people are packed in tight and people are trying to avoid those spaces so how do we get the best outcome for organizations that deliver services versus those that are reliant on foot trade so your your local coffee vendor your your retail sector these 
sectors have been massively hit and I don't necessarily think that just the delivery service like your Uber Eats and those services are going to be the answer for some sectors in the economy. So if we're going back to first principles on this, I, I think, yeah, we have to, we're still seeing what the lay of the land is, land is for businesses in general. And then we get to the level of what does this mean for leadership? And I, I, I hesitate to say this because I don't think that there is one traditional model of leadership, but definitely an idea that you can get away with command and control like in the olden days pre-COVID is going to cut it anymore. Does that ring true for you, Kevin? Oh, oh, definitely. And I, I think you, you've raised a couple of great points there, but I think, you know, it, it has thrown up and a whole, how do we, how do we perceive the role as leaders, but it's how, how, how well do we perceive what our businesses and organizations are about. Now, you mentioned a great word about value. So a lot of the good businesses I'm talking to at the minute, remember I said, they're looking at this at learning opportunities. What have we learned about our business? I mean, I was with two, two companies today and um, you know they were talking about when they had to make some real decisions about who was needed in the building and who could work from home, for one of them, it was an eye-opener because they suddenly realized almost where their attention was going was maybe in the wrong place. They suddenly realized there was this whole group of people that were needed to be on the floor, in the office as well, that were critical to business success. But in the way they had led and managed the business and structured the business, they were not perceived as high value. So I, I think, and, and so there's, that can be quite challenging from a leadership point of view, because you suddenly go in, I've been putting all this attention or could have been money or resources in time. And I've suddenly learned where the value sits in the business. And that includes the supply chain as well. You know, I'm talking to, um, we've got some forums coming up where businesses are saying, we've suddenly realized what's important in our supply chain. Who's important? You know, also I've talked to a couple of customers, a couple of members now where they've said, we've also suddenly realized who our good customers are <laughs> because they've shown leadership and support. So it's been a real input from a leadership point of view is it's about people really getting to say what really is our business all about and what is really important within the business. And for some that has been a real, I would say I, I have no better challenge because it's totally gone against their norms of how the hierarchical structure would look and then how, how they would build support and reward. Oh, I, I, I really think Kevin, that anyone that is a either control freak or structure freak would hate COVID because it's undermining all of those traditional business structures to a degree. Now, I'm not saying the production line, if you're producing uh, products on mass, is going to change significantly, but to be thinking that uh, people aren't thinking about robotics, thinking about automating processes within their business, within their businesses, if they're selling products, you'd be crazy if you're not thinking about that stuff. And I think changes to how we work are always going to be inevitable, but a shock to the system or a pandemic is going to highlight that even more. And, you know, and I've been thinking about this, not, 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 but I don't want to go to that place, obviously, is 100 odd years ago when we had an equivalent in, I think it was the Spanish flu, when that hit, we had a very different world that wasn't as connected as what we've got now. And I think 
you can be a victim of your own success in that people realize now what is at stake if thing, things don't change in the way we deal with catastrophic events. And depending on who I've spoken to on the podcast, and it, this varies industry by industry, I'll get your thoughts on this if I can, Kevin, that leadership has been demonstrated in some ways by some leaders not deciding that shedding all of their staff is a good approach and then hopefully getting them back at some later point because there is something to be said for loyalty for the people that have worked for you. But at the same time, you want to keep the business going. So what the happy medium there, I, I have no bloody idea. And I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but I've had some podcast guests that have taken significant cuts in their own income to make sure they can keep their staff going, even if it's at 30, 40% so that these people have got an income coming through. And it's the, the difficulty in leadership there is I don't think there's a right response. I think it's it needs to be coming from a good place in your own thinking around your staff or your people. Now that, and I'm, I'm only talking about those businesses that have got staff. So for consultants and those that live in that world, I have a lot of time for the pain that they're going through. No, and I, and I think that's a, that's a great summary in, in terms of how businesses are, are now having to rethink. And, and it is back to this. And I think we're back to then the good leadership. The good leadership sees this as an opportunity. Uh, you know, I think they, they can take this on board. A situation is a situation, you know, um, and, and with, there's a lot of research around, you know, disruption and, and how you deal with these things. It's about how you take these things on board. And, and definitely, you know, the, the leaders who have, have kept, you know, have kept true to themselves are, are beginning to shine through. So when I, look, when I look at some of the businesses across our network and across outside, you know, a lot of the businesses who are still there haven't done it by luck. You know, they've built on the foundations that have been going on for a number of years or a short period of time. So they had good culture, you know, they had good values. They, the business was, even though it may have been growing and in our early stages, it was still pretty solid. You know, there was good communication, good leadership, good culture, you know, doing the right things, getting there, good old quality cost delivery. So they were building a sound business. They've been able to draw on that for the last 12, 18 months. You know, talk about people being able to go to a workforce and saying, this is where we are, you know, if you've never had that discussion before, we talk about the analogy, you know, in a lot of the businesses, when's the only time you see your boss, usually when we're in trouble, or we're going to get told off, or, you know, it's, it's bad news. Well, you know, if you've got a great leadership and culture that can still talk about that, but also talks about the good stuff and how we're going to work together and, and, and be genuine and true, I can definitely see those organizations who are coming through this. And there's a lot of them who are super busy, breaking records, having all those challenges. When I go and talk to the people, they are so committed to their leaders because they stay true. They've communicated well. They've shared what they're doing. And you know what? If it means some of them have I've got to take cut in pay or hours or ultimately have lost their job. Do you know what? Yes, they're annoyed or upset, or but they almost get it because they know they've they've been looked after. And and there's some examples that I've seen in NHS where where almost complete businesses have been shut down because of what's happened. Now I've, I've recently visited one or two. They're back open now. Employ thirty percent more people and have managed to, but it's still the core business. It's the people. And when they've opened up the doors again. They've had people knocking on the door saying, we trust you that much. If you're ready, we're back. 
you talk about what's happening as a potential opportunity for some leaders and the ability to spot those opportunities is, I guess, a leader capability. So my question for you, Kevin, is based on what you're seeing and based on your experience in this network and your own experience in other industry sectors, what do you believe are the the core leader capabilities or the critical leader capabilities that we need to see more of now versus what was before COVID hit? And do you think there's a change or is it the same set of skills irrespective of what's happening in the environment? I, I, it's just an interesting question and I've, um, I've listened to a number of your podcasts recently, so I've, I know where some of the views have come from and I've agreed with many and disagreed with others, which is always you know quite interesting. But I, I think a lot of the good core leadership skills have been there and still stay. So, you know, they've just been to be able to really visually and communicate well, you know, in terms of where you are, who you are, and being able to keep people on the journey is still there. You know, the the good one of of delegation and and letting go and taking on new things, it's always been around and we've always trained it, you know, learn how to delegate and take on especially as you go through your leadership journey, you know, as you go up, you've got to delegate things down, take, take on, take on new things. So I think those core good leadership and, and being able just to take things on board and being able to look at them and then seek opinions from people, seek advice from people and go, well, I know what I'm thinking, but what are those different aspects? I think what's happening is there's a build on this. There's a build on being able to really understand your people and your business a lot more. You know, I think people, uh, um, I'm hearing that businesses have got to know their people so much better now because, you know, one, they'd be able to work remotely. So I've got to be able to work with people that way. We've learned more about people's families, history, medical histories that we've never had to deal with before. People having to get to and from work, you know, um, we just assume that someone could get to work. Well, when you can't use public transport or you expect this or you can't car share, for example, you know, the things we take for granted that now are in our business compass that we've never had and never had to do before. So this whole understanding how the business works and your people and then being able to align that to what we're trying to achieve is, is really important. The last one for me is is really about then this whole agility. I think we've got to get, we've got to now understand that, you know, a 10 year plan, oh, what is it now? Whether you call it a wish or wish or a piece of paper is fine, but you know, there's a lot of people now using sports analogies or, or um, you know, yachting analogies, those type of things about, you know, I may want to fly from Brisbane to Hamilton Island, or I may want to yacht from there, but I know where the end goal is, but can I really predict what the, what the journey is going to look like? You know, what the path is going to look like? And, and that ability to be able to react and use your teams and see situations, they are what they are. You know, we can always do that. Oh, woe is me, blame someone else. But you're steering the ship. You're part of the team. You've got to take it on board. I think given that we're all in the same scenario that the pandemic is impacting all of us and typically leadership research is focused on leader attitudes, behaviors, how they might act in a given situation, like there's many lenses to look at leadership uh, from multiple different angles. My interest now is going more towards if I asked, let's say, a 20-year-old who's been through 
the last couple of years of COVID, what were they looking for in leaders before COVID and what are they looking for in their leaders post COVID and asking the led, your, your staff, people that are working to you that aren't in leadership roles, how that's changed over t- time is I think a good indicator as to what are the skill sets future leaders are going to need because one question I'm, I'm starting to ask more and this Kevin is more around a more of a comfort with the research literature as well as the conversations with people who are practically applying what they've learned in their leadership roles is is as follows. So do we have fit for future leadership in our industries at the moment? And I think the response to that is quite nuanced depending on the industry sector. And what I'm finding when I'm talking to people offline, and of course, they'll remain anonymous and I don't expect a response from you to this, but I'm just sort of musing out loud here that the response to do we have fit for future leadership is not always typically a yes from a wanting to understand that more perspective. Why is that? What it, What is it that we need to do more of to become uh, better equipped to produce to develop the leaders of the future. Now, that the nuance there, I think, is that in different industry sectors, you're going to require different aspects of good leadership. And uh, I hesitate to use the word even good because what I think is good leadership may differ significantly, Kevin, to what you believe is good leadership. Are, are we in a, in a state of flux at the moment? It's, and I've, I've just written something down, which I know you were talking to me now, and uh, you, you spoke to me about the fit for future leadership. And I thought it was an interesting one because, you know, a lot of discussion there is about what am I getting them fit for? Because I, I can't, you know, we're working with people now. We don't know what next month is going to look like. So how do I know what I've got to be ready for? But I've just written down, is it more about fit to lead in the future? So that might just be a different way is about, I may not be able to uh, come up for what's ha- understanding what the future is, but, what what you know what, what is it that I need to be doing so I'm fit to lead in the future, taking on board that I may not know what the future fully looks like. So I think that that's a t- it's a different way then of a perspective of looking at it and going that's a different skill set which and a behaviour and a way of working than I'm trying to you know am I I suppose the analogy would be there am I getting fit to manage another pandemic right which is the fit for future type thinking or am I learning about I'm now getting fit to lead anything that comes that my way. And I, and I think that's, we've got to go, you know, part of this disruption and the use of technology and because, you know, we always talk about there's roles out there that have not been designed yet. There's technology out there that we don't even, you know, we don't even know what things are capable of doing. I heard a report the other day saying, you know, we've had 10 years of technology um, advancement in less than 12 months. So there's things that we're seeing now that weren't even thought of. 12 months ago. Um, so I'm just really thinking about now, if we talk about that future of that leadership, it's about, it's about the, the, the ability and the agility and the skill and the, the socialness of our leaders to be able to take these things on and come out of it positively at the end. Now, it doesn't mean we're always going to make the right decision, but at least we're going to be making something which is a, you know, a, a best use of information and resources from, from all the sources. So maybe we should be thinking about 
it's the fit to lead in the future, not quite the fit for future leadership. I personally don't think we're across purposes there. I think what you've just said, and I've written it down, the fit to lead in the future, I think that's a subset of what I'm asking and why why I'm using that terminology fit for future leadership is it's a, I think it's a, a broad term that can encompass those nuances that you're talking about. And I think those exist. And one of the, one of the beauties about having these discussions and be able to bring other people along for them is if the broadness of saying, what does fit for future leadership look like? What does that space look like? This, the interesting and thing that you've brought up here is that fit to lead in the future. That's quite a nuanced thing. And that for me, resonates when you're talking about things like foresight as a critical leader capability. Now, those that can imagine possible futures, if you're not potentially putting into that equation a COVID world and what does that mean for potential disruption to your business, you might be missing a red flag there that needs to be there as part of ongoing change. And we can we can dive into this a lot more deeply, but enough to say, and I I'm, I'm appreciate your, your views on this, is that the nuance to this is until more open discussions are had around what what do we need to see in leaders that are prepared to deal with constant change in the workplace do we need to build capabilities in leaders that are about if i've got to change tomorrow i've got the skill set to know that i need to change and these are the things i'm going to do to adapt to a new environment i believe and this is a personal belief that us being human beings we revert to type and we take the path of least resistance and most times it's go with what you know that's simple to do rather than challenging yourself to doing the thing that is not simple to do and that i think is the test of good leadership into the future for me is be able to embrace change and take the hits that are going to come because i don't think anyone gets it right first time i i believe those leaders are few and far between and when we can identify who they are learning from them is a big deal because um i i i really do think nobody's got the the roadmap that is that is the best way to deal with this and uh, you only have to you only have to listen to the people that have discussions in your business network to um sorry the best practice network to understand that the, this is a nuanced discussion and it needs to be because it's not these aren't simple questions and and the concepts um rely on some some uh, a degree of deeper thinking than just saying yeah well we've got the right people or we can uh, bring in the right training and we'll be it'll be all sweet i don't think it's that or at least that's my perspective on it mate what what, what are your thoughts no i i agree with you and i think there's a lot of talk around and this has been around a while is about you know we can we can train we can teach you know and and in reality especially when we're in business it's the it's a good old 80 20 rule you know 20 percent is the tools of what we teach 80 percent of it comes by how we apply it how we use it how, how we learn from it and you know as you know, having, having watched a number of documentaries and, you know, you talk, you, it's easy to look at people and go, wow, they made it. They just nailed it first time. And then you go behind the scenes and they, they talk about the years and the mistakes and the amount of times they've had to redo things and retrain and how many times they failed. And you go, I just even, didn't even think about that, you know, because they, 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 they just get there. I think there's also a, a, a really cool hum, a humility or humbleness about the, you know, I we've got to change perception that the, the leader is the hero is the super cape that goes around. That's going to lead us through this. Yeah. They're going to take us through it is about, that's not, it's, it's about building the organizations, building the teams, having those, having those 
great discussions and building that environment where you can go, you know, you can be a CEO or business owner director and sit down with one of your colleagues or the, the new, you know, the new person that what do you think? You know, what's the, what's the right environment is the, you know, that whole concept of this one person is going to lead us through this. Uh, it's just not there anymore. And, and leaders have to be humble enough to go, they may ultimately may have to make a decision, but it's based on the best feedback, best resources, best minds coming together and sharing that and then coming up with the best possible decision. If we elevate our leadership to that degree, to the degree that what this one person will have all the answers is is the complete opposite of what you want out of leaders. You want leaders to be able to say, I don't have all the answers, but we need to have a discussion here. I need to talk to my key people. We need to have a deeper dig and deeper thought process around what leadership means and that that can often be confronting for some people because it means you've got to let go of ego and you've got to say, right, maybe I don't know every damn thing, but I need to get the people around me that will help me get to an answer that suits my circumstances. And that very that will vary business to business. But yeah, I think the discussions around this are going to get interesting. And those that are going to write about COVID and leadership and all these other topics that come around the, the current business environment we've got. There'll be decades of discussion on this. They'll, they'll be talking about this well after I'm, I'm dead and buried. Kevin, this has been great. I'd love to have you back to talk more on different leadership issues. But before I go, can I get you to, uh, for the listeners, um, give a bit of an overview and a plug for the Best Practice Network, please? Yeah, and, and thank you, Eric, for this fantastic opportunity. So um, Best Practice Network, as Eric said, um, I, I look after Australia, uh, New Zealand, but particularly Queensland, New South Wales. We've got facilitators in, in WA, Victoria and, and New Zealand. So we're about 100, 110 members. We're really about peer-to-peer -peer networking and sharing. So really three, three drive, three, three objectives. It's about improving knowledge of best practice. So let's go and see what out there everybody's doing. It's about developing leadership capability and then using that to accelerate improvement across the business and just doing it in a peer-to-peer -peer practical way. It's a lot of fun. You get the right people coming together and, and leaders showing others how, how they've done it and, uh, and that everyone benefits from that process. It's been a pleasure, Eric, and thanks and look forward to future ones. Thanks again for joining me. As always, I'll catch everyone on the next podcast.